0: you're listening to Operation Dichotomy. I'm Paul, I'm your host, and we are the bridge between perception and reality. Remember, our goal here is to create a society of greater understanding and empathy so that people are a little bit slower to speak and more eager to listen and hear the other perspective instead of being stuck in their own. And we believe that even with just that small shift in the way that we think and interact with people, a lot of the problems we see in society will, by default, just go away. So, if that's something that you feel like you can vibe with and you want to be a part of, be sure to connect with us at Operation Dichotomy on Instagram, or you can find us at www.operationdichotomy.com online, like everyone else. And last but not least, if you do find value in our podcast and any other content that we share, please, please, please go ahead and share with anybody else that you might think could. Uh, could take some value from it. right? Let's, let's be the impact that we want to see and be the change that we want to see in this world. And the easiest way to do that is to share good content. Now, without further ado, let me introduce our guest for the day. His name is William Schufelt. If you're not sure who he is or if that name doesn't sound familiar, maybe you will recognize the name Brody as the Red Power Ranger on Nickelodeon. William is an actor, obviously, Brody the Red Power Rangers, Power Ranger on Nickelodeon. He's also a speaker. He specializes in health, fitness, and goal setting. He's an author. He's a YouTuber, content creator. He is a, a budding, if not already here, uh, if there's a word for that, I messed that up, but he is a rapper. Um, and last but certainly not least, he is a fitness and health advocate, creator of the Carnivore Shred Challenge, which we're going to talk about. And that can go on and on and on and on about so much that he's done at such a young age. Um, but without further ado, William, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, man.
1: Paul, thank you for having me on, man. Um, it was funny, right before we started this, you had said, thanks for your time. I, I know you're a busy guy. And I was thinking, man, nobody has much to do right now. I think we're okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So for those who are listening to this, uh, it's currently March 20th, as of yesterday, due to the coronavirus uh, pandemic, California went on a, um, what was it the shelter? Not quite a lockdown, but basically stay at home. Um, yeah. So, that's what we're doing. but We're making the most of it, being productive. Not a hundred percent sure what day it is when you actually hear it, but here we are. William, if you have never heard of him or never met him, is one of the most interesting people that I've met. Um, one of the cool things about him is. I find that he's fearless in trying new things. And you'll hear this as well, I'm sure, as he's going to share. Um, there's so much to him, even just in the introduction that I had. But where I want to start, because, because honestly, I loved the Power Rangers. Um, personally, I wasn't aware that Power Rangers was still going on. So I was kind of excited that it is. But more importantly, I get to talk to the Red Power Ranger. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> so,
0: William, I guess, can we start there? Like, How did you get into acting? And yeah. what was it like, and how did you get to become Brody the Red Ranger?
1: Yeah, so I acting was something that um, I was very interested in from a young age. I just didn't think it was possible for me. Um, you know, I I grew up in Modesto. Um, you know, our family we would struggle sometimes, and like it, it was six of us living in this little two person apartment, so we didn't have too much in the way of finances, and. Um, we kind of grew up with a lot of like job insecurity and, and my mom was a stay at home mom. So she did an excellent job of taking care of us of caring a lot about our education. Um, she is, uh, yeah, you could call her Indian American. She's from Guyana in South America, but they were basically, um, Indian immigrants. So, um, she was very, very focused on our education. She made sure that we stayed focused and applied ourselves Um, never really forced us to, but she just set high standards that we internalized. Uh, so as a result, we, we kind of grew up like self-motivated and and we were very, we always wanted to make her proud. So I grew up really interested in, in acting. Um, I got into martial arts when I was five and I did that all the way up until I was 13. I did Shotokan karate. I competed in a ton of tournaments. Um, and I also grew up watching professional wrestling. So I had like these larger than life heroes in my mind. And I would watch certain, certain movies, certain roles that um, made me really want to get into acting. But, you know, anytime you, you uh, Google somebody that's an actor on Wikipedia, like every time I would Google one of my favorite actors, it would be like their dad was a director or their parents were actors mm-hmm. or they were discovered in L.A. Or, or they had something going for them already. So I just sort of assumed like, okay, that's not something you can just randomly get into, or it's a one in a million chance. Um, so I go off to college. I'm studying economics. I, I was really passionate about it. Um, but over time, as I did internships every summer, I realized that it, it really wasn't the way that I wanted to spend my life. And in a weird way, I sort of became very aware of my own mortality and and how how quick life is. And the fact that you kind of, You've got these these uh this hand that you can spend in in whichever way you want to with your life, and once I kind of came to terms with that like man this is this is a finite amount of time um, either way there's always gonna be suffering discomfort you're always gonna have to put in a lot of work to whatever you do, uh, whether it's something that you hate or if it's something you love and also you know once I just realized that in America um for a person that's ambitious and, and is willing to work hard and stay focused, there's plenty of opportunity here. And I cut out any and everybody that expressed any sort of doubt in in my goal. Mm-hmm. If, if I heard even even an inkling of like, dude, you you know, like, like tons of people are in LA trying to be an actor, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I heard anything like that, I was like, all right, later, man. Like I'm not talking no. to you for can quite we, a while.
0: <laughs> can we dwell on that for just a second? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because- I feel like you're kind of at the end, not the end of that journey, but you're definitely over the hump where you have accomplished your goal as an actor and here you are, but it almost seemed like from your upbringing to you wanting to, um, to make your parents proud, particularly your mom, uh, being an economics major and just being in that sphere, it's almost like you're groomed to go that way. And so it almost sounds like when you made that choice to go take this other route, I'm gonna pursue my passions. Did you have a lot of pushback from the people around you? You mentioned doubt a little bit, like what was that like?
1: I had no pushback from anyone around me because I didn't tell anybody. Um, I I said, yeah, I mean, that's, people always make this big declaration when they're like, their dream is in the egg stage. It hasn't even hatched yet. And they tell everyone, hey, I got this egg, I'm gonna do this, and everybody just smashes the egg. And then they're like, oh no, there goes my dream. Like, why are you telling everyone? build some momentum first. So then you have something to show for it. Um, so that, that's essentially what I did instead of telling my parents, Hey, I'm going to drop out from college and I'm going to throw my whole uh, college education away and I'm going to go become an actor and follow my dreams. That to me sounds ludicrous. So I didn't tell them that what I did was I set the goal and I started uh, applying to different things, getting headshots. I told my mom, you know, yeah, I'm I'm doing a little bit of dabbling with like some acting and some plays and stuff like that. Um, and I sort of let her on to it lightly and I just continued with it, continued with it. And I had to build my own mindset up too. Like you can't expose yourself to doubt when your mind's not strong enough already. And I was aware of that. So, um, I, it, it was kind of like slow and it was building and building and building and no one really pays attention to it. And then at some point you've actually got like a legit snowball rolling. And you've got a number of opportunities you're working on. And at that point, um, I eventually did have a have a talk with my mom where I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be finishing this degree. I don't think I'm going back to college after this. And, um, you know, she, she did give me a little bit of pushback, which was completely understandable. She's like, can't you just finish your degree? Mm-hmm. And um, by that point, my mind was so strong around this goal. I saw it so clearly that um, I could kind of uh, I could push that out of my mind. So yeah, I, I really didn't experience any pushback from people.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a very wise way to go about it. Because you're right. Usually people go about announcing their dream. And I would even say that they announce it not understanding what it takes to get there. It's just an idea. Yeah. And, you know, pipe dreams are great. Like You should dream big. But mm-hmm. at the, the realistic, pragmatic level, you should also understand the steps that it takes to get to wherever you want. Yeah um so good man that's awesome um when this is kind of a sidetrack but when you introduce yourself to people i don't know if you're like hey my name is william i'm an actor right obviously probably not that awkwardly but when people <laughs> do find out that you're an actor do people have do you find that they react a particular way like oh this is an actor he must be like whatever fill in the blank i don't know if there's any assumptions that people make about that when you introduce yourself to them
1: yeah, you know, introducing myself to people is kind of like a tricky thing because if I'm at a at a keto conference or if I'm at some sort of paleo conference or something nutrition wise, um, like I I don't label myself as anything, so I'm not really sure how to introduce myself. But I, I know that acting is the thing that I'm most known for. Um, I wrote I wrote two books this past year, and one of them's just doing amazing. So I, I could introduce myself as, as an author um but o- overall like i i just sort of let whatever i'm doing speak for itself mm-hmm. and i always prefer if somebody else introduces me <laughs> yeah so if somebody else says oh will does this and that and the other thing then i'm like all right cool i can go with that um what is your, yeah as far as yeah
0: go ahead no i was just gonna say because we were talking about labels before too um what's your opinion on labels and how labels a lot of times cause more damage than not having labels. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but if you could share your perspective on that, just because you're someone that could have so many, um, what do you think?
1: I think that as long as you don't assign yourself any labels, then you're okay. I think it completely makes sense when others assign us labels. It's, It's just a human process and it's always gonna happen. You know, humans attempt to define something. If I see a video and I wanna share what the video is about to someone, I'm like, oh, did you watch this video from this dude? He's a motivational speaker. And maybe if that guy hears it, he might be like, I'm not a motivational speaker. Like, I'm I'm an athlete or I'm a I'm a I'm an author or I'm you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not a, you know, so I can understand that. It's it's our attempt as humans to sort of classify what we're watching. Mm. This is an action movie. This is a horror movie. And maybe the director might be like, dude, that's not an action movie. This is a love story. So um, that, that's just something we do as humans. I think as long as you never allow the labels to stick, then you're good. So one of the things that I, I do, I guess career-wise, is anytime I feel a label being assigned to me or I feel like I'm being boxed in, I always like to push against that. I, I never want to accept it. Um, the, you know, like I, I have, I have some pretty big goals in the future so I work towards those. So when people are like, "Oh, Will is, um, he's a Power Ranger, and uh, he's really into the carnivore diet," I'm like, "Dude, that's like I already know who I'm gonna be, and that's not even close to who I am." Like hmm. that's th- those are a few things that I've done in the past couple of years that you guys know me for, and that's okay, and I don't mind that. And when they say that, I smile, you know, shake their hand. Hey, yeah, that's yeah, I'm I'm super into carnivore. Yeah, Power Rangers was awesome, but in my mind, I'm like they'll see, you know, like I, I'll just keep doing my stuff in silence. I'll keep working on what I'm working on. They'll see what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no need to like get defensive and be like, no, I'm not like, I'm, I'm different. It's like, dude, you just let your work speak for itself. You don't have to convince people of stuff when it comes out, when, when stuff is produced, then they'll see and they'll relabel you and that's okay too. And then you just keep working. So that that's just the way that I approach it.
0: No, that's good. That's it's better an answer than I expected. So I appreciate you sharing that wisdom with everyone. <laughs> going back to you being, quote unquote, a rapper, as in that you mm-hmm. rapped, right? Let's not assign labels here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you, did you receive any pushback or doubt or questions, et cetera, when you started going that route, how was that transition or addition maybe?
1: It's, it's all fun, man. Like you're sort of expecting pushback and that's part of the fun of it as well. Um, like, like I think Twitter is an especially hostile environment. So I I see more like dissing and stuff like that on Twitter, which is all fun. I laugh with them, but, um, yeah. So, so when I started doing the music stuff and I don't even know if I would say I'm a rapper, like I've done up until this point, I've done five rap songs. We have released Two, no, we've released three of them now. So we released three of them. Um, we're going to be releasing the next two. The song that I'm working on right now is actually singing. So again, like you, you keep, you keep pushing the boundaries. Um, I'm singing on it. I'm also rapping on it. Um, but I, I think when this comes out, it's gonna, it's going to be another shift for people because they're going to be like, Oh, that's different. And the key with the key with trying these things is you need to actually give it your all if you try a bunch of stuff and you suck at all of it, then, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not an issue. Everybody's just like, Oh, okay. You're, you're like a Jack of all trades. Like winning does matter. It does matter to to be successful with the stuff you're doing. Um, But it's also okay to fail in the process of that. So yeah, with the music stuff um, I definitely didn't uh, have any pushback from the people around me. Um, the people that I'm working on with the music, like they're super encouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, they see the possibilities of what it could become. They understand my vision around it. I see their vision with it. So it's a really, really exciting, like collaborative effort. We get into the studio. Um, I, I had my own like kind of self doubt. Like anytime I listen to it, I know what good rap sounds like. So I'm like, Oh, geez, dude, it's, that's (laughs) the whitest voice I've ever heard. Like, that's just not working, man. (laughs) Um. So, like, I, I would try different things, but they actually encouraged me to be confident with my voice. Don't try to sound different than I am. Don't try to make it sound hood. Don't, you know, I, I don't have to write verses that are overly cocky, that are overly, you know, over the top. Um, so they actually really encouraged me to be confident with my own voice, which was really helpful. Um, I, I did from, from a few people, like, really close to me. Mm -hmm. they said it was kind of cringy because they know me as one person Mm -hmm. and I just, I I don't know. I just don't care. Like, I just don't care, man. Like that's, that's kind of my mindset around it. Like as a, I think to give people some background as a kid, I was, I was so shy and so worried about what everyone thought about me. And that held me back from doing so much that once I realized that you can just lead with action and you don't have to worry about what people think about you, totally took the, took the limits off of everything I wanted to do. And I try to encourage people to be fearless about that now.
0: How did you realize that? Because I think that's huge. And this was actually going to be my next question where I feel like even from this conversation, you almost seem like you are bred to defy norms and go against the grain. And when people hate on you, that fuels you to do better and to go harder. Um, but now you're saying that there was a decision that you made because you were introverted before, you are super shy what led you to that realization? What opened your eyes to the fact that the environment around you doesn't have to, their opinion doesn't have to shape your path.
1: Yeah. So, so what created all of that was the acting goal. So up until then, um, I had always been part of social circles. I had experienced peer pressure. I had experienced, um, you know, the, the teasing or bullying that comes from like having really severe acne. I had that really bad in high school, which is like such a crucial point in your development, your social development, especially. Um, and you know, you're, you're learning to navigate like the, the pretty primal and tribal environment of, of a high school with, um, you know, wanting to attract women of having alphas of having, uh, like group social dynamics, And so when you're experiencing that, um, I I was a really skinny kid. And then I I trained myself really hard, got buffer in high school. And then I started getting like steroid comments because I was really vascular. So I started getting people saying you're on steroids. Um, As soon as I finally solved that problem, then it's like got really bad skin issues, which further fueled the steroids thing. And I was like, Oh, geez, dude. And then any girl that I'd ever talked to, all of a sudden, you know, no girls talking to you, Mm -hmm. friends are making fun of you. you, you become like, kind of socially isolated. So I felt a lot of that peer pressure and I felt, and dude, I, I hate peer pressure, man. Like you can feel it where people are like pressuring you to be a certain way, to act a certain way. You don't actually feel free and unencumbered and yourself. Um, you're, you're like boxed in with all these rules, you know, act this way, hang out with these people, listen to this music, talk this certain way. And you know, so, so when I left high school, I was glad. I was like, peace out. I can't wait to go to UCSD and just create my own life. Um, and then in college, it was a much better environment. But when I went for that acting goal, I learned that you can actually create your own environment. You can really influence everything that goes into your head and what you don't allow to go, to, go into your head. What you consume on social media and what you choose to not consume. The books that you read, and what you avoid, um, the videos you watch, uh, the the people you spend time with, who you associate yourself with. You can create this very uh, fertile mental environment that can, I think, breed success, and it can breed confidence, and it can breed so many positive things. I I view your mind as a garden, and you can definitely allow weeds to flourish there, and you're going to reap what you sow. Um, The opposite of that is that you can really cultivate a productive garden there where you're reading the right books. You're studying the right people. You're instituting uh, disciplines in your life, daily routines that will lead to success. And as a result, your life becomes a reflection of that. So once I realized that, that's when I was like, oh, wow, like it, it really doesn't matter what people comment on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, um, all the people that, you know, somehow have hours to, to comment negatively about every single situation on earth. Uh, you know, a rapper releases a video, they comment, you know, this is trash, da, da 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 da. Like, instead of commenting, this is trash, like, you go release your book that you've been thinking about for years. You go release your, your podcast that you've been thinking about for years. How did you even have time to comment on this guy's thing as trash? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, like, I, I adopted the mindset of instead of being a consumer and a talker, being a producer and a doer. And I realized that there's doers and talkers, and I never wanted to be a talker. I wanted to be a doer. I wanted to be running so fast that nobody could catch me. People are throwing dirt, but it can't even hit you because you're running so fast and you're getting so much done. And um, I I just adopt that as my mindset in life. And yeah, like every time I release posts, I like to release posts like on Instagram that kind of make me my heart flutter a little bit. That kind of make me a little nervous. Mm -hmm. Like I I released a post recently of just like rapping to a a song that I had done and it was just in a parking lot and it was just rapping and it was just having fun with it. And I had never done anything like that before. And I was like, I I was a little nervous beforehand and that pumped me up so much. I was like, awesome. Let's do this. You know, I don't know what the reception is going to be, but this is going to be, it's going to be a thrill either way, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, Sometimes what I do is kind of for the thrill like it in the past humans had to hunt Uh, We had these we had these activities that would induce our adrenaline and our cortisol and would really turn us on Nowadays, it's like you wake up you go through the same daily routine every day Um, There's no war. There's no hunting. There's no there's no, you know, athletic activities So the only challenges that exist are the ones that we create for ourselves. So that's something that I enjoy sometimes.
0: Oh man, there's so much to unpack in what you said. Uh, I'm just going to recap two things because there's so much wisdom in there. And I want people to be able to to apply what you just said. The first one that, that struck me the most is this idea that your mind is a garden. It's, mm-hmm. it's the environment around you that you can create and cultivate that's going to affect the way that you think, which is ultimately going to affect the way that you act. And mm-hmm. if we were to summarize a little bit, it take will. He, he was a shy kid going through all these regular kid issues, peer pressure, maybe even a little bullying, going through the struggle of having acne as a kid, girls shutting him down. And everybody's saying a bunch of crap because that's what high schoolers do. Yeah. <laughs> and now years later, he's an actor and he's clearly, well, I won't say clearly not introverted, but you're definitely much more comfortable speaking and talking and being around people, being on screen. The way that he did that is by cultivating his environment so take a moment to think about your own environment is is your environment cultivating you and your mind into who you want to become because if it isn't you got to think about changing that where that shift is never going to happen and you're going to be stuck in that endless cycle of negativity and being stuck the second thing that uh will said was this idea of discomfort um i think that's one of the coolest things man like when Most people find a situation to be a little bit uncomfortable. What do they do? They shy away, like, you know what, Mm -hmm. forget it. No. So they're never able to grow. But if we're able to see that as a positive thing instead of a negative thing, right? The butterflies in your stomach, the discomfort that we feel, the uncomfortable nature of whatever we're about to do because it's so big and grand, like that should be an indicator of you growing. It should be an indicator of the fact that you should do it because it's going to push you to the next level. And Man, whenever I talk to um, to quote-unquote younger guys or younger women, you're in your early 20s, mid-20s?
1: Yeah, 24.
0: Yeah, so 24, it's, man, that was years ago for me, right? So for me <laughs> to see that you are already experiencing and have gone through this stuff and are basically teaching it at such a young age, it's an amazing thing, man. So that's, that's an assumption that we just cleared up, right? 24-year-olds are not all lazy bums who depend on the world around them and their parents, some of them are actually doing things because they've learned the stuff that you've talked about already. So kudos to you.
1: Dude, thank you, man. I appreciate (laughs) that. I I think one of the best things you can do in your early 20s is to place yourself like into the wild. So when I went off to college, uh, like a promise I made to myself was that I would never live at home again. Um, I would never go back to my parents' place in Modesto and live there. I I would visit like, I didn't mind that, but I said like, no matter what happens, like I've left the nest and I'm going to figure this out here in San Diego. So there were times when, you know, I would sublet apartments, I would sleep on couches and living rooms and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I had quite a few times where I would have to live off of like ramen and stuff like that. Um, or I would save quarters for bus fare and things like that. And that kind of stuff is like, it's tough but the more you can just force yourself into tough circumstances and not ask your parents for money, like go on Craigslist, find a gig, like, like try to do stuff. You're, you're only going to strengthen yourself from that. And if, if you allow yourself to be coddled, you're going to get weaker and you don't want to get weaker. It's not going to prepare you for anything. Um, So you can just allow this stuff to happen because here's, here's the great part. If you really, really fall on your butt and like, you can't even afford cup noodles and like you don't even have a car to sleep in then, Hey dude. All right. You, you failed at level one. Let's go back home for a little bit. You're okay now. <laughs> like yeah. you can go home. There's nothing wrong with failing at level one. Like, you know, you do that for a couple weeks, uh, get a gig, go drive a Lyft or Uber or something, save a little bit of money, go back, try it again and, and see if this time maybe you can make it work out. So that was my mindset. Like if I just get crushed, like utterly crushed, Like I'll go home. It's fine. (laughs) But I I just want to see how long I could last. I was like, let's let's just see how long I could last out here in San Diego. Let's see what I could figure out. And lo and behold, like most other things, like you can do it. You you find a way. When when your mind is put up against that scenario, um, you can find a way to make it happen. And that's that's actually a mindset that I used to use with lifting. And this is gonna sound really stupid to a lot of people that are in fitness, but I always lifted without a spotter. Um, Because it, I use that. <laughs> this is so stupid, but I use that as motivation. Because it's like, look, look, do or it, die, man. Yeah, it, it was do or die. Like I would, I would get really, really psyched up. Um, I would imagine these sort of like crazy situations where it's like, if you don't lift this, like X, Y, and Z, horrible event is going to happen. Many people don't think that's really, really bad. I get it. I totally get it. But it would get me fired up, and it would turn me on. Because I always thought to myself like, yo, if my life depended on this lift, I'm certain I could lift it. Um, and I've, I've never dropped a weight on myself. I've never failed. I've done one rep maxes doing that. I, I've never uh, hurt myself doing that. I don't encourage anyone to do that. It's just a, a tool that I would use to, to test myself. And that was the exact same tool that I used with acting. It was, if my life depended on getting this role this year, I'm certain I could book a role. Like, I bet I could. If somebody was like, dude, this is it. Like, you got to book this role or else, you know, something's going to happen. Like, I bet you I could focus and apply myself and stop messing around, stop wasting time on social media, stop hanging out, stop going to parties, stop wasting money. I bet that I would like get on my game and make it happen. And I was like, okay, I need that level of being on, of turning on. I need that. So I can't have economics to look back at. I can't have um, all of these different other safe options. This is gonna be one of those three rep max squat sessions. That's what this year is. So there is no sleeping in. There is no hanging out with friends. It's up at 4 a.m., listen to the stuff, go to the gym, work out. Because if I don't, then the school year is over and I'm out into the real world with no economics job because I didn't apply for interviews. So I better figure this out (laughs) right now. And um I, I sort of used those things to to get me going. And um to, to this day, like I still kind of use those mentalities. And nowadays, like when I when I have to speak or when I have these high pressure situations, um, I interpret it as exciting. I interpret it as like a thrill. It's like a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. And you get to sort of enjoy that adrenaline rush.
0: Awesome. Uh let me let me take a turn here for a second. Mm-hmm. Because this is something that not a lot of of people really have too much personal experience with, but you do. Um, We talked about the carnivore shred challenge and um, we don't want to go too much detail into exactly what that is just because of time. You can find out later when we share about where you can reach Will. Uh, But there is something called the carnivore diet. And in a world where there are hundreds, I don't know about hundreds, but there's enough diets where I don't know what the heck half of these things are, but it almost seems like everyone says it's this diet, not the other ones because of this. And Will, you've been through different diets. You've been through the vegan diet, um, different combinations of diet. If you could walk us through that process. And at the end, kind of the conclusion that you've reached, not just with the carnivore diet, but diets in general, mm-hmm. I think that'll give us some perspective.
1: Oh, that's an excellent question. Yeah, like an overview. So um, yeah, I started dabbling in diets when I was 12 when I got really into like bodybuilding and that led to me experimenting with you know all the weight gainer shakes and the and the brown rice and chicken and things like that um then that led into somewhat of a seafood diet which was was if you see it eat it um when I got really into like powerlifting bulking strong lifts five five, Wendler 531 so I was pretty much eating anything and that's when my skin got really bad and I realized that I have like very, very bad reactions to um, to certain foods, which led me into a paleo diet for a little while uh, to sort of solve some of those problems. Um, that was kind of tough because I was still in high school and couldn't really afford enough of the quantities of foods that I needed. And I, I kind of had to live with my mom's cooking. So once I went off to college, I started studying like, you know, what are the best diets um, for skin? And I learned about what antioxidants can do for overall like oxidative stress and inflammation in the body, which led me to um, to a whole foods plant-based diet. Got really inspired by uh, Dr. Michael Greger, Dr. Uh, Caldwell um, the book Healthy at 100 um, by John Robbins. Um, and I was watching Forks Over Knives and all of these different vegan documentaries, whole foods plant-based um, stuff. And... That's the approach that I followed for about three years. And I experimented with a few different variations of it, going really high carb, low fat, um, going all raw foods, raw till four, um, doing like a frugivore approach where you're eating a lot of fruits. And over time, I just realized that despite supplementation with all of the essentials, the B12, D3, DHA, uh, the iron supplements, my gut would not do well with that. Like I was consistently bloated, I was always hungry after consuming, you know, three thousand calories for the day, still starving. Uh, I could continue to eat, um, and it wasn't helping my my actual training performance. So, finishing up with that diet, I was actually one season into Power Rangers, and I realized this isn't working for me. And that's when I started to learn about a keto diet, and I got on the keto diet. I did it strict for six months. Um, became keto adapted. I felt amazing on a keto diet. My appetite was finally under control. My energy was stable, but I didn't have the body composition. So I, I was still like a little skinny fat in a way, and I still wanted to nail that last component of it. So that's when I started to combine these two approaches, which was a carnivore diet, which meant just eliminating all the plant foods, and then a higher protein to energy ratio, which means Increasing dietary protein, decreasing my uh, the the energy calories in my diet, which is carbs and fats. When I did that, literally within a week, like water weight, uh, water weight came out of me, and then the body fat started dropping. My muscle glycogen started filling out from the increased protein, which helps out with the process called gluconeogenesis. I realized, like, I do really really well on a high protein carnivore diet with a moderate amount of dietary fat and then low carbs. If I have to zoom out and say what's my takeaway from everything, I am definitely not one of those guys that thinks my diet's the best one. Um, What I would say is my takeaway is in any diet that you do for it to be successful, you want to increase protein and minerals and you want to find a way to decrease um, your energy calories which would be carbs and fats. Whether you're vegan, whether you are a carnivore, keto, it's an underlying principle that I think you can apply to any diet. And then the other thing that I learned was that plant foods aren't great for everyone. Things that seem harmless, like leafy greens and spices and stuff like that, um, those tiny amounts of plant poisons like salicylates and lectins and stuff like that those can definitely impact your immune system. I would get a lot of bloating from those things um, and I really didn't handle them well. So when I eliminated them, um, my gut was actually calm and I felt a whole lot better. So the age old advice of, you know, always eat your vegetables and and your fruits and veggies. It depends. Okay.
0: For those of you who got lost a little bit through all that uh, (laughs) educational stuff, obviously Will knows what he's talking about. You can tell by the way he speaks... Uh, on nutrition and diet and health. Um, I think the big picture that he's getting at here is he's been through different kinds of diets, but at the end of the day, it wasn't one specific diet that worked for him. It was a combination of different ideas and principles taken from different diets that he had to get, he had to put together to work for himself. And so Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like that's kind of a process that we all need to figure out. No one out there who says this is the best diet for every single person, is correct vegan diet might be good for some people an adjusted vegan diet might be better carnivore might be good for some keto might be good for some But at the end of the day if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you so we got to figure that out cut out some of these assumptions that we make about certain i mean let's be real like people assume things about quote-unquote vegan people right they always assume they're the tree huggers who are all granola in the trees all the time right it's not always the case same thing yeah. about the carnivore diets. You think about these people as meatheads who don't know how to speak a word of any language and <laughs> the alt-right
1: know. trolls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So
0: let's, let's get rid of some of those assumptions and figure out what really works and understand that it's, it's usually a combination, right? Just like how people are complicated. Why wouldn't diets be complicated as well? And lucky for us today, we have somebody who's been through it and also happens to be an expert to share with us about it. Thanks, Will, for that nice long answer. And um, obviously we know that you know what you're talking about, so it's good. Before we get into our last question, um, I think it's clear that you are a very unique individual with lots of different experience, which basically means that you can provide a lot of different types of value to anybody who might want to connect with you. So Will, if you don't mind sharing, where is the best place for any of our listeners to find you?
1: Instagram's probably the best one. So that's at William Schufelt, S-H-E-W-F-E-L-T. And then YouTube as well. So I, I release vlogs on there and like info videos and also BTS stuff of my acting. So that's youtube.com slash Will Schufelt. And I also have a podcast, the Will to Win podcast, where it's basically solo casts, um, where once a week I'll, I'll hop on there for about 30 minutes and I'll tell people what I've been reading, what I've been learning, what I'm experimenting with. Um, you know, what projects I'm working on and I'll also offer a little bit of motivation on there for people. Um, that's the main ones. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. So William Shufelt is his name. You can just Google it. You'll find him. He's a power ranger. Um, (laughs) he's that guy. Now, what we've been asking most people until this point is what a weird thing about them is. Um, but we're going to try taking a little bit of a different direction with this question because if you haven't figured it out by now, the reason why we bring unique individuals on the show and interview them and talk to them is because they provide a unique perspective. Uh, Will's provided a lot of different unique perspectives from his quote unquote career path, to his passions, to diets. But the reality is in our country today and maybe even in our world, there is a lot of division. And that division is because of the fact that we simply don't communicate very well we make assumptions about others that may or may not be true. Uh, we will never know because we never actually ask them to get to know them. But because of these assumptions, divisions exist. And because the divisions exist, there's a lot of strife. There's a lot of hatred. There's fighting and wars, all kinds of different problems. Um, so, Will, while we have you here today, I wanted to ask you, what is your perspective on all of that, on the state of our world? And what do you think one or more potential solutions could be for us as the audience, what's some advice that you can give to us that we could take, live out in our world and in our community so that we can create a better society?
1: There's two parts to the answer that I would say, and I'll try to make them as like practical as possible. The first thing that I've always thought was very crucial. And I don't see this happening currently. And I would like to work on this in the future is I don't feel that children and young people, high school, college are educated about how to set and achieve goals and how to, um, basically be successful in any given endeavor, not, not successful in the terms of society. How do you get rich and and get the house and the 401k and you know, all that kind of stuff and the promotions in your company. But like, how do you, how do you actually craft a life and learn how to work towards that life in a way that you're successful with your family and your health and your career and your money and you're you're educated and you're informed, everything. Because that's what success is. Like if you label a, a person successful and it's just divorce after divorce for them and their health is in shambles and everything's going downhill but they're really famous for one thing, that's not success. So I feel like young people should I would like for there to be a course taught in high schools and even in elementary uh, schools that helps young people to study successful individuals, to read books on finance, on goal setting, on um, positivity, even on mindset, on psychology. And this is more than just studying psychology or studying economics. This is studying how to win at those things. In economics, you just study the system. In psychology, you just kind of study uh, different afflictions in the brain. Nobody teaches you how to have a positive mentality. Nobody teaches you how to make a ton of money, how, how to multiply that money. Nobody teaches you how to take care of your health. In biology, you learn, it, it's like learning the engine, but nobody tells you how to have a fast car. Mm. So we're like, we're just geared towards studying the ins and outs of things. But what everyone wants to know is like, how do you win at this stuff? How do you actually have, have a great life? And I strongly believe that there needs to be some sort of a course taught on that um, for young people, because that's what they want to know. They want to know, how do I take care of my family? How do I make money? How do I save money? How do I multiply it? Um, How do I set and achieve goals? So that's one thing. I think that that will get people locked in on what they need to do to improve the life of themselves, their family, their community. Then they'll have more to contribute to the world. And they will be less prone to judgment and dwelling and hating on other people's success because they'll be so focused on what, what they need to do to create success for themselves and their family that um, they, they'll they be less negative. You know, if you're not doing anything for yourself, it's so easy to just hate on other people because you're you're upset that you're not doing anything. So that's one part. Hmm. And then the second thing is I would encourage everybody um, to expose themselves to as many different people and ways of life and cultures as they can. So if you have an opportunity to travel, if you have an opportunity to um, to meet different people at events, um, if there are documentaries on TV, like expose yourself to the world. Um, Don't just be a citizen of your own city and of your own living room, but be a citizen of the world and be able to understand people from different political parties, Um, of different ethnicities of different faiths and different lifestyles because when you do that you start to realize like the division's not even countries and the division's not even uh faiths the division is like people that want to contribute and help the world and people that don't people people that kind of aren't concerned with moving forward and I want more people to want to move forward and contribute to the world and help the world and help other people and produce things rather than just accept that life is the way it is and is the way it's always been. And I'm just going to stay in my box. Um, so I, I think the focus has to be on growth. I don't know how, how you institute that, but um, <laughs> I think it's a good thing to, to just expose yourself to the world.
0: No, that's good. I'm not going to summarize that if you are listening to this on podcast, rewind it a good two, three, however many minutes that was, and just go listen to it again. Two points, the goals and ultimately exposing yourself to someone. That sounded really weird, but you know, expose yourself to different, <laughs> different yeah. types of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, oh man. That's again, wise words from a young 24 year old. I appreciate it. Well, um, for everyone, that's all we have for you today. We do want to end it there on this note of wisdom and practicality that William has shared with us. If you haven't connected with us, please go ahead and do so. And again, this is William Schufelt, Brody, the Red Power Ranger, amongst many, 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 many other things that we didn't even begin to cover today. So let's not box him in. Let's learn from this conversation not to box anybody in and attribute one or two different labels to them because that's so unfair. Um, William? Okay. we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being here, man.
1: Thank you very much, brother. I appreciate it.
0: All right, everyone. Until next time.